Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast that's a platform for mothers who are artists and creatives to share the joys and issues they've encountered while continuing to make art. Regular themes we explore include the day-to-day juggle, how mothers' work is influenced by their children, mum guilt, how mums give themselves time to create within the role of mothering, and the value that mothers and others place on their artistic selves. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, together with music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our lively and supportive community on Instagram. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Boantic people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is recorded on. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. It's really a pleasure to welcome you. My guest today is Alethea Holland. Alethea is a mum of three from Mount Gambier, South Australia, and is an entrepreneur and business owner. Alethea grew up in what she would describe as an entrepreneurial family. She was always encouraged to follow her ideas and try new things. She would make and sell pot brewery as a child, and she opened a clothing store in the late 90s called Alenus, with a passion for selling one-off exclusive designs in a world that hadn't quite evolved to online shopping and in a town that was 500 kilometres away from a capital city. Her earliest memory of tea is of her grandma using her very cold and very black tea to add to the Christmas pudding. Once she added a cup of tea, all the grandchildren would get to have a stir and make a wish. Alethea thinks this was the magical tradition that started her love of tea, although she probably didn't realise it at the time. Alethea's husband's work has taken her family around the globe. In Singapore, she discovered TWGT, luxurious tea tins, decadent high teas and divine blends. It gave her a new appreciation for quality tea blends. From there, she moved to South Korea and discovered traditional tea ceremonies and green tea. The plantations were lush and green and filled the countryside. That's where she really discovered the difference between a top grade and low grade of tea. It was amazing how much went into creating teas that we drank every day, not really thinking about how they came to be in our homes. In 2020, when COVID struck, Alethea's family needed to move within a week's notice to Western Australia for her husband's work. Suddenly, with extra time on her hands, Alethea had the opportunity to start up her tea obsession. She opened her tea company, Athella, driven by her passion for providing high-quality, organic and ethically sourced teas, and she takes pride that she's able to run her business from a regional centre and mix the tea herself. She entrusts the help of a naturopath to ensure her teas aid wellness and are full of health benefits. When her family moved back to Mount Gambia, her business was embraced by the supportive people in her regional home. Alethea is passionate about educating her tea drinkers and has hopes to provide an accessible employment environment for working mothers in her hometown in the future. The music you'll hear on today's podcast is from my ambient music trio called Alemjo, made up of myself, my sister Emma Anderson and her husband John. And that's your cue to pop the kettle on and get cosy as Alethea spills the tea on what it's like for her to be a creative mum. I really hope you enjoy this episode.
We had a lot of fun recording it. Thank you, Alethea. It is a pleasure to have you here. Well, I'm here in your space today, so thank you for welcoming me. I know, I love it. I'm so excited. Yeah, we've got our tea. Can you tell us what teas we've got today? We've actually got uh, your favourite tea, which is our <laughs> organic peppermint tea. It's Egyptian mint tea, yeah. and it's beautiful and smooth. And Well, even though I have put some little sweet nibbles out, it is meant to help with sweet cravings. So yeah. Let's see how we go. It doesn't help me. <laughs> Oh dear. So tea, how did you first become to love tea so much? What was the draw for you? The draw for me really is tea has been around my whole life. From my sitting down with my grandma and having a cup of black tea with all those lovely tea leaves in it because we didn't have strainers and that's how she drank it. Yeah, yeah. I used to think, ooh, but I didn't mind. She used to let me put milk and sugar in it. it You know, it was a bit of a treat. And... Then from there, really, tea has just been a staple. Like when my mum and her sisters would get together, the kettle would go on, everyone have a cup of tea. So it's just become such a familiar part of our lives. When something's happened, we're all, you know, if something's happened up at mum's, we're all up there, the kettle's on, mm-hmm. everyone's having a cup of tea. When my friends come to my house, the teapot goes on. If we've had a party and it's 2 a.m., we end with a cup of tea. That is my life. You don't realise what a staple it is, apart from the everyday. Mm -hmm. It has just become one of those things. And and that's when I started doing this business, I realised what a big part it was of my life. Mm. And then I think too, what a massive part is for, for a lot of people. And then you can share in that too which is really lovely because I know um, a lot of people don't drink coffee. So, Mm. you know, sometimes you can, you know, get a bit stuck. Uh, You go to someone's house and they say, oh, tea or coffee? And you say, I'll have a tea. And they're like, oh, I've just got this old Lipton's or whatever. (laughs) I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um, Some generic brand. And you go, oh, tea's relevant. I'll take that. But you know what I mean? Like, especially when you, you enjoy good quality tea. Then yes. you're stuck with something that's not quite the same when you go, oh, you do become memory. a tea snob. Yeah. I well and truly am now. It's oh, just created. Dear. And did you, like, a lot of people actually, because coffee is everywhere, right? Mm. Uh, and, you know, getting their staple coffee. A lot of people will have a coffee, but they drink tea the rest of the day. Mm. Whereas mm. I've never drank coffee. But tea is actually the most consumed hot drink in the world. Yeah, right. So it is, trumps the coffee. It absolutely <laughs> well and truly trumps uh, coffee and being able to get good quality tea. And, and look, I didn't grow up on good quality tea. Mm-hmm. We bought supermarket tea yeah. because that's – you just didn't – you didn't know. Yeah. You didn't and have access to it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think there really was that stuff around back then. No. Like, especially Mount Gambia. Like, no. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't specialty teas and it was – yeah, it was all quite generic black and tea. Tea and <laughs> – and that was great for a first experience, but that's really what started me on my tea journey because I I do love my herbal teas and I've always drank good quality herbal tea, but I do love my staple black tea. Mm-hmm. And I sort of got a couple of years ago, I got to the stage where I could no longer stomach black tea. Yeah, and right. that's what really started me on that quest as I didn't want to give up that little luxury. Yeah. And I actually... After investigating and researching, I found out that I'm actually allergic to the chemicals they use to mass, when they do mass production of tea. Ah, so okay. I can drink organic, clean black tea, which is what our sea is made of. Yep. no problems. Yep. But I cannot drink 
the mass-produced tea. Yeah. So in that, and I think that comes down, and that's what I'm a firm believer in, is educating our little tea community. Because mm-hmm. people drink numerous teas a day. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, sometimes they're in tea bags that don't have great stuff in them. Mm. So Yeah, that's really true, isn't it? It's that education process as well. For me, that's important to me, is that what I've learned, I'm able to pass on to someone else. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many years ago it was when it started to become quite mainstream that everyone was talking about, oh, what's in our food? You know, all of a sudden it just was like, bang, nutritionists and, you know, um, the people from the eastern side of medicine have been saying it for decades. Yeah. But all of a sudden, like, mainstream caught up. And, yeah, all the things like what goes into making a tea bag and the chemicals that are in that papery, whatever it is that yeah, the bag the is made of. Yeah, there's actually a lot of plastic. Yeah, right. And the string. And then sometimes, if you're not careful, your, your label falls in as well. Yeah. And, you know, goodness knows what you're ending up actually it's steeping in your water. <laughs> it's a whole host. And you, you think, think about you're it. drinking that every day, mm. maybe up to three or four cups. Yeah. Unless you're drinking loosely. And then, you know, as long as it's organic and clean, you're fine. Yeah. And that's another big part of education of, is educating towards loose leaf, even mm. though I do do the clean tea bags. Yep. You can't get better than loose leaf. Yeah. And I think too now a lot of the companies now are making an effort to put the little tea strainers in the top of drink bottles because it's so popular and they're catching on that people want to drink clean and they don't want to have all that mess in their yeah. bodies. Yeah. yeah, it's just the little extras. And I think, look, I'm at the later end of 40 and you do start to, as women, we do start to have things that come up in our bodies that we need cleaner food mm. and we start having reactions to things. And yeah, that's it. It just, it does put us on a pathway of finding a better way to eat healthy, I guess, mm. as well. Yeah, and that's the thing, like you say, you might have it, you know, know myself maybe you know five or six cups of tea a day and if you're doing that every single time yeah so you are consuming a lot of um plastics in your tea bags and things like that if they're not you know biodegradable or made of plant-based product and yeah Mm. so it does it does make a difference yeah Now, I remember back in the, I want to say 90s, late 90s, you had a clothing store in the main street, or not just off the main street, which I used to come to because I loved it. It was called Alina's. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. so you've, you've always been like an entrepreneur and doing your own thing. You like to sort of create, yeah. you know, business ideas. Look, I grew up in what I would call an entrepreneurial family, you know, um, from the age of 12, uh, I was probably younger actually, but my family had a coffee shop. We had a couple during um, my growing up years. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I used to make rose petals and sell them at this little guy had a um, 
the Hi-Fi Arcade, as on mm-hmm. Hi-Fi Arcade, I think it was. Yeah. I can't remember what arcade it was. It's not it's non-existent yeah. now, but there was yeah. a guy that sold badges, and he used to let me sell my little bags of pop curios, probably 10 or 11. I did that with a friend yeah. and, you know, made myself some pocket money because, you know, that wasn't there wasn't disposable income for lots of things back then. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I always watched my parents work very hard. Like they both had great work ethic and had multiple jobs at times. And, you know, I think all of us girls were, grew up in a family where anything was achievable. Mm. So that yeah. was that was something. My dad was a real ideas person. Yeah. And, it, you know, if we wanted to do, he's the one that encouraged me. I was living in, in uh, Adelaide at the time, yeah, right. uh, running a store for Witchery. And yeah. he's like, you've got to come down. I'm doing this. And Tina's going to do a hairdresser's. You can do your clothes. And I'm like, why not? Let's yeah. give it a go. Yeah. So it was always, I had the backing of my parents though, always. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah. It's it's harder to achieve without some backing of support. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, family's yeah. everything. Oh, absolutely. That's it, isn't it? And um, yeah, I remember I got some really good gear from your shop um, because it was different and there wasn't many of each size. So there wasn't going to be heaps of people wearing them, which I found really good because I went yeah. to a – what did I go to once? Somebody's 21st or eight, I can't remember what it was, and about three of the girls all had these same dresses on because, you know, in Mount Gambia. Yeah. There's not, and this was before the internet, you know. Really yeah, took this off was with, 1999. Yeah, so, you know, we, we were um, a little bit out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciated that point of difference that your clothing had, so – Oh, that's Thanks nice. That. that was, and again, that was I like to not be the same. Yeah. So that yeah. was really important to me that while I could have sold ten of the same thing, I didn't want to do that. I wanted yeah. my clients to feel special. You know, I think yeah. that was really important. It wasn't about making X amount of dollars. It was make. It was make. You know, building that community, and making people feel special in their clothing. Yeah. So that's absolutely. It doesn't matter what I do. That's what is the most important factor. Mm. That's what drives you. That's yeah, where you're coming is, from. Is that yeah. happiness that you get from seeing someone loving how they feel? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah. And I noticed too, I, I hope I'm guessing this right, but when you create the names of your business, you're using your own name a lot of the time. Is that yeah, right? Is that, got that right? Is that the, <laughs> too much? I don't know. I, I, I just, love that though. I, for me, names have to have a connection for me personally. And mm-hmm. yes, I'm proud of my heritage. I'm proud of the the names that, you know, my parents gave to me and that connection and I I love having that connection to my name. I think that's important. So when I was coming up with this business, Othella, it really was a struggle because, yeah. you know, I had all these other different names that relate to tea, but I didn't feel connected to those names. Mm-hmm. Botanical tea company and, and things like that, which were great, yeah. but I didn't feel connected. And this is a family business. Like yeah. My son's coming down here at 14. Yeah. As much as he doesn't love it, he works on Tuesdays and Thursdays with mum. Yeah. You know. And he does the deliveries. Oh, yes, he, he's, he's my been, delivery yeah. man. Yeah. Much as, oh, do I, you know, he's 14. Do I have <laughs> to mum? Comes and cuts up the boxes. Yeah. He doesn't love it. But he has to understand the value of a dollar and family and then we help each other out. He gets paid to do it. I think it's really important that if it's outside, do your jobs at home. Mm -hmm. I don't give my kids pocket money. That's part of their being part of the family. I don't get paid to do their washing. 
But when they come and work for Sorry, me... Sorry, that's a really good point. I don't <laughs> No one gets paid. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? You know, yeah. so you live... I've never thought of it like that. Yeah, you live at this house. Yeah. We work as a family. We're a team. You help out. Yeah. I mean, not to say I didn't try the pocket money thing. I've tried everything. Charts, stickers, <laughs> um, you name it, bribery. Oh. We've all tried it, but it's just got to the point now where I'm like, there your job's at home. Mm-hmm. When you come to work with mum, you get paid for the hour. Yep. And that's yourself, like, like a, you know, that's his satisfaction of yeah. a job well done. So yeah. that's his first job. So, yeah. yeah. And that's great because he learns that work ethic because you, it's coming through, you know, you said about your mum and dad to you, to him. It's like you're training him so well for the world. You know, you're giving him all those amazing skills that you've had. It's awesome. You can only hope. <laughs> can only hope. You know, to raise well-adjusted children is oh. all we can hope for yeah. in in this in the world that we live in. It's mm. really can be a struggle at times. Yeah, this world, know. this world of of all these outside influences that I mean, I certainly didn't have, and you probably the same. Growing up, there was no, you know, social media and no. all this carry on on YouTube, and you just think, my God, it's like we're competing against all these other forces yeah. to try and keep our children, you know. And to influence, our children are very vulnerable to what information goes in and who they're influenced by. Yeah. So yeah. it's really important that that we are still their biggest influences. Mm. You know, they'll have mentors and teachers and sports coaches and, you know, people outside of us as well, uncles and aunties. Yeah. But social media can be a really good or really dangerous influences. Mm. We have to learn a way. You can't limit it. Yeah. You always have to learn. Oh, I mean, I've got adults but we have to learn how to embrace it and help our children to navigate it yeah exactly that's That's really because you can't just go no I can't have it Mm. and switch it off yeah learning how and often that's learning together about what what your child's capable of because I know at one point I I sort of I don't know I might have underestimated Alex a little bit he's 14 um and he's like oh no no I I know what this is I know how to do it and I don't know, it was like, I can't remember what it was. And I thought, okay, you're actually more sensible than I thought you were. So, yeah, that's okay. Sometimes you know? it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> Good surprise. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, I have goodness. done an okay job. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know. It freaks yeah. you out there, doesn't it? it? It is really hard. And I really feel like when my kids were young and social media was around, it wasn't really a thing because um, my oldest was born in 2002. The first time they got iPads was when we moved to America. Mm-hmm. So... They were allowed to have those iPads on a plane if we travelled and then they went away. Yep. There, there was no nothing during the week. I didn't have that because it just wasn't done. Mm-hmm. But this next generation that's coming up, I didn't have a phone that I was on all the time either. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it that's was easy. very different. Yeah. So And it seems to it's happening so quickly. Like it's just oh, the speed yeah, of technology is insane. Overwhelming. Yeah.
So you mentioned America. So you've done a little bit of living overseas with your husband's work. Can you share yeah. a bit about it? So I guess that's why, like, when we were talking about Alina's and the clothes store, like, mm-hmm. I loved, I've always loved working in what I do, but I made, the, I always knew my mum was very much there for us. Like, even though we had coffee shops and that, my mum was the sort of person, you get off the bus, we had a massive long driveway that felt like forever because we lived on a farm. Yeah. It'd be raining, we'd get inside and mum would have a hot Milo and something hot out of the oven for us. Yeah. So I knew that... If I was able to, I wanted to have that for my children. And it just happened that we had to move away when I got pregnant with Deegan. And so it, it sort of, I was able to do it. I was able to have a life where I was home for the kids, which was really great. So, um, you know, not for everyone, but it was 100% something that I really wanted to do. So, so and, and moving countries too. You can't, we, we've lived in three other different countries. Yeah. We, as a... As, as part of my husband's work, we weren't able to get work visas. Right. So we weren't actually, because we were in each country for about 18 months, two years. So mm-hmm. we couldn't get work visas, which was fine. But I, you know, had money with blogs or something. I've always yeah. tried to keep a little part of, be 100% there for my children, mm-hmm. but also keep a little part of myself. Mm. It's very important, you, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Especially if you're over in a country and you don't really know many people and it's a foreign place, you know, yeah, it'd be challenging. Challenging to to set to find yourself, I guess, and keep your sense of self. Katina and myself, right? <laughs> Being too I look at you know, us as sisters who had all of our kids at the same time, I was able to stay home and she wasn't. And it hasn't made a difference to our children. Right. And I think that's because we learnt the values from our mum. Mm-hmm. And one of those values was was being the key is to be present and listen in the moment when your children need you. Mm-hmm. So that yep. that's really important. My mum was always there for us when we needed. Whether yeah, she yeah. was having a cop running a coffee shop or not. Yeah. And I feel like you can't have it all. Like I think women, it's been really hard for women mm. is yeah. that we feel that we have to work, we have to be an amazing mum, mm. we have to go to all the school functions, we have to be there for our partner, yeah. still have a friend group, mm-hmm. we have to do all these, juggle all these boxes yeah. and it's really a tough gig and mm. staying home is a tough gig and going to work is a tough gig. Yep. And I think there's been this mentality, mentality which is changing now, but I feel like it was like, yes, you're a woman. You can have it all. You oh. can do it all. You're amazing. Yeah. And I really, I thought when I first had babies that I would be able to do it all. Mm-hmm. And I soon realised that wasn't a possibility, mm-hmm. not for my mental health, not for anything. I've realised that I can have it all, but just not right now. Mm-hmm. So I had to stay at home. Yep. When I had the kids younger, and now I'm having the career. Yeah. Even though I'm probably more tired to have a career. <laughs> I love what I do, so it may, yes, but it's, yeah. do you know what? I oh, feel yeah. like, are that we changing sense. as women? Do we understand oh. that we don't have to do it all right now? Yeah. I, look, this, I, the way I say it, I feel like we can have it all, just not at the same time. Mm. You know, like you said, yeah. you had that period with your children that was really important to you, and... And now they're sort of growing up and now it's your time to have a little bit more time, you know, to do what you want to do. One of the ladies I had on the podcast, um, 
in season one, um, Rachel Power said an amazing quote about, you know, post the post feminist movement made us feel like we could have it all, that mm. oh, all these worlds have been opened up to us, these all these opportunities. But then as soon as you become a mother, that just goes out the window. It's not it, it's almost like it's not relevant to you if you're a mother because yeah. this notion of having it all is just a complete myth, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I think a lot of it is just, you know, being kind to ourselves and knowing that, you know, life does change. You know, I know there can be a lot of sort of I don't want to use the word resentment, but it's like you know that this time is not your own when you've got little children. It's like, okay, I'm going to give everything to my children mm. and then knowing down the track life's going to change. You know, there's always this constant cycle of change. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with I, that. But I 100% <laughs> agree with you. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that if you're able to, give that time to your children. If yeah. that's what, you know, it's like I said, it's not for everyone. Not everyone has... Everyone, you know, some people need that time away mm. and they thrive better as a mother if they're working. Yep. So everyone thrives in different ways. But if you have the ability to give that present, especially from those one to five, mm. you know, from baby to five, yep. if you can do that, then it's a great benefit for yeah. your children to be able to. Yeah, I think the important thing is, is that we all do what suits us. And, mm-hmm. and neither side devalues... Mm. What another female's doing? I feel like I felt it a lot when, you know, obviously this is early 2000s. It was like, oh, you're so poor mum. Mm. You know, I always remember this guy we were at. A, I went to a hairdressing conference or something with Katina at the time. I was doing a bit of work for her. Mm. And um, I said, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mum or something like that. And he goes, girlfriend, don't ever put the word just in front of, you know, stay-at-home mum. And yeah. I was like... Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not just a stay at home mum. Yeah. You know? Like, but yeah. it, it's how I felt at the time that mm. what I was doing wasn't valued by society. Yeah. I don't feel like yeah. that now. Yeah. But at the time, because I'd had a career before mm-hmm. and I'd chosen to be, and it's not very glamorous. Yeah. Being yeah. a stay at home mum. Yeah. I mean, going to, the, it's routine based mm-hmm. and it's a bit monotonous. Yep. And, you know, it's the same day in and day out, but there's yep. just those beautiful little moments mm. that I got to have yeah. you know, with my children Yeah, that, yeah. you know, I cherish. Yeah, and that time that you never get back again, which I'm learning very quickly is they grow so fast and they don't need their mother anymore and you think, oh, my gosh, where did my baby go to end? Uh, well, then they turn into what I like to say uh, toddler adults. <laughs> Because I have, yes, it changes. You go, okay, do everything for a toddler and you have to do everything for little ones, right? Mm-hmm. And they go to primary school and they start to become independent. Oh, they love setting the table or they'll undo the dishwasher and help you clean up. Yep. And this is all lovely and, you know, you know where they are and it's all, yep. you're in control of everything. You yep. know, you're, it's all your influence really. Yep. And they become teenagers and there's a real, you know, back and forth and, a lot of that goes on and there's social media involved and it's a whole different world where they're pushing back on your beliefs because yep. they want to explore their own beliefs, which is great. And I love that about, you know, kids in general. Yep. And then they become, they turn 18. They're still living at home, which is I love. <laughs> but suddenly there's clothes everywhere and there's a cup left and a, a 
just packets of food everywhere and yeah. <laughs> no one knows how to put a dish in the dishwasher. I don't know how they think that happens. They've, <laughs> they've forgotten how to do that. Yeah. And then they do need you all the time because they're out in the workforce and they're navigating how to communicate with other people and clients mm-hmm. and adults. Yep. And it's like mum is a person that they revert back to. So yeah, right. even though I'm busy at work, I'll sometimes get 100 phone calls a day. <laughs> which, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay. So it's like, yeah, I like yeah. to say toddler adults because they're not – that they, they revert back to needing mum yeah. for a whole range of things. That's really interesting. So yeah, <laughs> Got that to just be aware. Watch. Unless they go off to uni or something like oh that. Goodness, but because yeah. my two oldest are still at home, yeah, uh, yeah I do feel like that. Mm. I love them dearly, but they just picked up after themselves a bit better. Oh, goodness. <laughs> That's hilarious. So on your kids, can you share with us um, how old they are? And... Well, Deegan will be 20 next month. Yeah. And Ariella is 18. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix is 14. Yeah. So they're all beautiful ages. Yeah. And, yeah, they're, it's it's so interesting having adult, like your kids become adults. Mm. It's such a transition and it's another beautiful different way in which you communicate and bond with them, mm. which I'm yeah. really enjoying. Yeah. It's actually been really lovely. And just to see them grow and, I guess, you know, try and help them guide them to the right paths and, and just seeing them make the right, you know, their own independent decisions yeah. that you've helped guided. And I think, too, I really notice a lot of, uh, like, mine and my husband's influence coming out in the way that they speak, their beliefs and things yeah. like that. And I actually feel proud that of that as well, yeah. that they've got these beautiful mindsets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way, that, I mean, they've moved on from from us, mm-hmm. and they've just taken because you want your children like you want your children to. Well, I you know I feel like I want my children to achieve and be better than what I've done. Mm, like each generation, I want the yeah, I want them to improve. There's a yeah. lot of things that I've fallen over on. There's a lot of things that haven't you know I've had to change the way that I think mm-hmm. or my beliefs and things. And it's great, you know, you have to grow continuously as a person. You can't get stuck mm. in, yeah. 
in certain ways. Yeah. So it's really good to see this, the kids, and, and they've challenged me on things, <laughs> which I love. I'm like, okay, all right, yep, that's actually a great example. You know, yeah. so it's been that's really good. good. The way that they think about the world is very different mm-hmm. to how we have thought about the world. Yeah. And I love their perspective on it. Yeah, that's that's interesting, isn't it? And be, it'd be, you'd have some really interesting conversations, you know, as they grow up about yeah. how they how they think about things and how they see things. And uh, because the world they're in now, like, obviously didn't exist when, you know, we were their right. age. It's a completely different place. In so many ways. Like, a, like, for an example, Australia Day is such a big difference to, you know, um, what how we grew up. Yeah. And my kids yeah. think, uh, have just such a different thing. It's like, mm, yep, just change it. it. Yeah. It, for them, it's yeah. just an instant. Just change it. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer for this next generation. Yeah. Like, they are so more evolved mm-hmm. than what we are and have such a deeper understanding yeah. of hurt and pain. And I just, I, when we talked about it, I just thought, I love that. Mm. Isn't that great, thinking? though? That's the next generation's way of thinking about things. They're not stuck in the past. They're not, no. they're not like, oh, just because it's always been done this way, we'll keep doing it that way. It's... That's very encouraging to hear, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I've <laughs> heard a lot too. And they're not threatened by change. Yeah, right. They're not, they don't feel that it's anything to do with them. Yeah. You know, part, like even though it's, it's generational stuff that's happened, yeah. they don't mm-hmm. see it how past generations have seen it. Yeah. So that is really awesome. Real, uh, yeah, I love that. And I yeah. hope that as we move forward, this generation is going to make big changes. Mm. It sounds very promising, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I hope so. And that comes through the education system and and schools as they evolve more and everything, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's (laughs) that's one of those topics. But, yeah, so it's just... When you were overseas, I think it was in, you're in, were you in Korea or Japan? South Korea. South Korea. Yeah. Um, you found some tea over there that you really liked. Is that the rice tea? I love all the green teas and the rice teas and everything, but I actually fell in love with tea 
in a more organic way when I moved to Singapore. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, there were some beautiful teas that I got to try while we were living in Singapore. And from then in South Korea, obviously, they had all the green tea fields and plantations and yep. to see how beautiful they were and, and you know, falling in love with all the different kinds of the matcha tea and all these beautiful scentia. There's just so many beautiful green teas. Because for me, green tea was ugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, honestly. For me too, for a long time. Oh, yeah. you buy and it's like, I just can't drink this, but I know that I should because it's full of health benefits and <laughs> it's like, and, yeah. and I just didn't like it. But then it just completely opened my eyes to a whole new world. Mm. So I really got into all the different teas and the tea ceremonies, yeah. the history. It's really just such a beautiful culture when you get into, you know, the ceremonies and the rituals of tea and mm. where it truly comes from and that, that beautiful calmness about tea and yep. preparing a tea. Like it's just, it's all of that that can be really soothing. Mm. See, um, I think a lot of people would sort of be familiar with the way Japan sort of honours tea and uses that. But mm. is that the same in South Korea? Is it quite yeah, similar? Yeah, tea is everywhere. Yeah, right. Tea is, is very similar in the way that they create their tea rituals and tea is very good for health benefits. Again, it's, you know, it's used in all herbal medicine and everything. It, mm. it comes back from all of that, but it's... It was used in the original medicine. That was all mm. the beautiful herbs and teas. It's just we've forgotten along the way as mm. Western medicine has taken over and everything's been packaged down yeah. for convenience that it all all that all those peels and pack they all have an ingredient of herbs. Mm. So it's all that beautiful that we can actually get buy off the shelf. Mm. As long as it's organic and clean, yeah. um, then you're getting health benefits from it. Yeah. So is that where you're sort of sparked for you that you wanted to create this business. How, when did that sort of come up that you thought, right, I'm going to do a tea business? When did that sort of start? Uh, well, that, that was when we had to move to, we, we'd moved back to um, Namibia, mm. been here for three years and then COVID struck yep. and we had to move to Perth oh. in order for my husband's job. So yeah, I right. spent 2020 in Perth yeah. and I sort of like it was Perth, there was another drop of COVID. There were no restrictions. There were no masks. It was yeah. just the polar opposite of Victoria. It yeah. was real. It was really different. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was really having the bad side effects right. from the black tea. Yeah. And I had time to play around. I had all these beautiful herbal and organic stores. I was living in a city again. So, yeah. you know, I had this lovely chance to explore. And I've been looking at, I really felt like I wanted to do something again for myself that, that call to business was mm -hmm. really pulling at me and I, well, I was looking for opportunities of what I could do. Yeah. And so then I sort of started playing around um, with things and I originally started with mixing collagen with tea because it's really into collagen. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of where it started. Uh, the collagen tea was a whole, another whole thing. I am releasing that this year, but I had to get a food technologist on board and I've had to learn so much into I I'm like yeah let's start a tea business <laughs> it's so much bigger and anyone um, that's listening knows it's not so easy just to start a business from scratch mm -hmm. like you know just the packaging alone is a massive thing to design and produce and yeah. you know all the things that go with it so but back to starting tea 
I started playing around with herbs. I was looking for clean organic teas. I looked into plantations. I knew that I wanted to work with single estate plantations. Like, so I work with one that does Ceylon tea. She's mm-hmm. a black tea in Sri Lanka. Yeah. And they also do sustainable farming. So they don't deforest. Right. They just replant among. So you'll see their plantation. And I'm very transparent with where my tea comes from mm-hmm. and things like that. We sent out newsletters with little videos of the farmers talking about the tea. And yeah. third, I work with third generation farmers. So right. they've really honed their skills over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, so they work around the forest. They work right. around the trees and everything. And I love that the water gets reproduced in. Yeah. You know, they're really conscious of their environment. And so that was really important. I didn't want to buy where I didn't know what was being produced. Mm. So they go, they show you the whole process of how they don't use pesticides, they don't use artificial fertilisers, and all these things that are now used in mass production teas. Mm. So I, you know, connected with some really great people. I was working with a friend at the time. We also talked to a naturopath and got some naturopathic teas on board because I'm not skilled in those areas but I knew that I wanted to create a sleep tea and I knew that I wanted something for mental clarity mm-hmm. because again brain fog is afternoon is something that I really struggle with yeah. so I knew that those two teas were really important and I and I wanted to make sure that I had them right yeah so we went we started off by going to Fremantle market which is really clean organic sustainable and thought let's see let's see if we get anyone coming back Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was doing tea tasting. I was talking to people. Yeah. I'd done a lot of research. I've also studied tea as yeah. well. Um, and that's ongoing, though, of course. And my next bit is going to Geelong to finish a part of my course. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that I was educated as well mm-hmm. because I'm not trained as a naturopath or a herbalist or anything like that. So I wanted to have my own background besides my taste buds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what felt good in my body. So we found that people kept coming back and they would buy the whole range. So they weren't coming back for just their favourite. They were trying and coming back for the whole range. So once that happened, I felt like, yeah, I've got a business. So we work out the packaging and I knew that I already wanted to do wholesale. So I'm one of these people that go, okay, let's do global domination. Make it small. You think big right from the start. I was thinking big right from the start. I just didn't realise how much it would take to get to global domination. <laughs> Nothing like thinking big. But yeah. it's it's been quite a few setbacks along the way, but yeah. we are definitely getting there. And moving back to South Australia and having such a beautiful local community throw their support behind me has yeah. been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really amazing. So so that's sort of been my journey. We've had a name change along the way and, and a move into feeling more like it was part of me and my background and ethics yeah. and values. And, and it is. Like my husband works. When he's home from work, he works away. So we, you know, we work the tea machine together. My daughter's coming to work with me next year after year 12. Yeah. She's having a gap year. So it's really... Very family orientated, mm, which I love. Wonderful. It is wonderful. Yes, and I've, I've got to say, I'm a big supporter of your tea because I love it so much. You I are amazing. Love I love it so much, and it's so <laughs> nice to be able to buy proper good tea that's made like from a person in my own town. Like it, I think that's so yeah. awesome. 
you, you can just get it right. I can go do, 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 on the computer and the next day I get a nice little person come and deliver it to my home for me. <laughs> I'm just actually, so speaking of tea, I'm going to fill your cup up here. Oh, thank you. A little bit more of this peppermint Yum. tea. That, and you're right, that is my favourite. Well, That's I nearly so was going to like, oh, should I get something different for Alison today? But I thought I'll send you one of the sample instead. Oh, thank you. That's very good. <laughs> oh, oh. Ah, beautiful. Throughout the time when you're building your business and you've got the kids and you're saying you need something for yourself, did you ever feel like, you know, this little horrible thing, the mum guilt? Was that ever in your mind that, oh, no, I've got to focus on the kids and can't do this? You know, was there ever a conflict? I love to talk to all my guests about this oh. because I just find it's the most interesting mom guilt. <laughs> concept in the world. I think <laughs> that... Mum guilt, friend guilt, family guilt, parents. I mean, I think guilt is something that I, I'm not sure it happens as much with men as it does for women. I know my husband gets up, go, he has to go away. That's all he has to do, mm-hmm. pack his bag and walk out the door. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, okay, I've got a dog, I've got kids. What else needs to be done? The washing's all done, the house is clean. Like, our mum guilt doesn't stop and even though this is the thing that I've really noticed with having older children is that that mum guilt doesn't stop. Yeah. It really doesn't stop. But some nights I do work, you know, six to seven days a week in my business mm-hmm. and I at the start and I really had to find a work-life balance because I love what I do so much. Yeah. It does consume me at times and I get so excited about what I'm doing that I just want to work at 24 seven. And I found that, you know, there was that sense of everyone wanted me home, regardless Mm -hmm. of whether they were sitting in their room, watching TV or off riding their bike. There's a sense that kids still want you to be there in the home when they get home. And so I really had to battle and we've had lots of discussions around this and just everyone, you know, helping out, taking in turns to cook tea and things like so that we, everyone understands that, you know, what's going on at the moment that mum is working. Yeah. But if we all band together, yeah. you know, it makes my job easier. It makes them feel more involved in the house. If yeah. my, they're cooking, they're, you know, like my oldest son will cook a meal. My youngest is, he does Taco Tuesday. Yeah. You know, he'll cook the, ta- you know, the taco mints and everything, that's his thing. Mm-hmm. So it just... It helps with the mum guilt. I mean, I try not to work on weekends now yep. at all unless the kids are all gone, which a lot of the time they are, yep. uh, off doing their own things. Yeah. And I try to 
I'll try to finish up by like 5, 5.30 so that I'm home, you know, at, at home with the kids. But school holidays is hard yeah. because even though my youngest is 14, it's just like they still like you at home. Yeah. So I do That's feel good because I've always been available for my kids. Mm. But I'm, yeah. I'm at the stage where I am being a little bit, I'm going to take this time for myself as well because mm. I love what I'm doing. Yep. And it does build resilience and independence in children too. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I've always valued that. Yep. I do think they need to be independent and resilient. So that helps with the mum guilt yep. because I feel like at least I'm teaching them some valuable lessons yeah. that they need to also aspire to do. Yeah. So See, when you're saying about cooking the meals, there's no reason why they can't cook, like children can't cook meals for adults. Like I think we've got this thing in our head that because we're the grown-ups, we're the mum, we have to do everything. Mm. It's like, why can't the kids cook? You know, they're old enough, they're capable, they know what they want to yes. make. You know, and like you said before about contributing to the family, contributing to the home. Mm. I feel like that's a really sort of a previous generation thing that's that we're carrying down that we don't have to. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and they feel proud. I mean, yeah, yeah. I have been, my youngest loves to cook, yeah. well, he did a lot more. I say when we moved back to Australia one of the days, I think he would have been about nine. <laughs> anyway, we're, 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 mum and I were both building, so we're all living in a house together. Yeah. And we had a big glass door and glass window at the front. And I've been down the street for whatever and came home. And Phoenix informs me that a lady had knocked at the door while he was standing on a stool cooking bacon and eggs with no top on over a gas and she said he answered the door yeah. sales rep or whatever yeah. and she said do you think you should be doing that with no top on <laughs> I'm like how mortifying Cindy I'm the worst mum in the world I mean I'm like you cannot cook when mum's not home because I was hungry I was making myself some bacon and eggs <laughs> I'm like oh my god that was devastating oh, I was like but yeah but because they're independent and that's yeah. something he would do with me in the kitchen, mm-hmm. not a problem yeah. because I'm around. <laughs> but, you know, we talked about don't cook when mum's not here, but he was just extra hungry that day and thought he would and it's just, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there are those things that oh, they do funny. take it on board and, mm. and he, most people go, oh, wow, you know, that's not okay because he's too young. Mm. But I find value and I'm excited that he's able to do that for himself. Oh, yeah. And, and like I, you said, the pride that he'd take in that, I you know. It. Mm. Yeah, like when he makes it, everyone tea. Yeah, it may be just mints and a taco. Mm. You know, there might not be any salad with it, <laughs> but he's made it. Yeah, and that's, that's amazing. It, and that takes so much from me as well. Mm. If he's doing that, and then it someone else cleans up, and yeah. it's just yeah. those little things. And, and you're teaching him valuable skills that he's going to take on. You know, men need to know how to cook. <laughs> Well, hopefully his partner, this is, I grew up in an all-girl family. Yeah. My mum was pretty solid. Like, she yeah. did everything for us. Yeah. You know, so, um, I, and I've got boys. So mm. I really want my boys to know how to look up, to be able to do their own washing, clean yeah. a bathroom. Yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> clean a bathroom. Yeah. And, you know, be able to make a meal. Yeah. It's all learning because it makes it, look, you know, it makes their relationships better mm. as well because they're yeah. able to shoulder a lot of the load. Yeah, that's yeah. it, isn't it? And and I think it just shows it's a it's a sign of the times, you know, that life is changing and that that men the traditional roles 
um, are changing. And I think if you can be a part of that, you know, by the actions that you do yourself, but also the skills that you give your sons, it's mm. like you're sending them out into that new world, you know, ready to roll. It's like, it's wonderful. Yeah. I feel the same about my boys. Yeah. Like I just, yeah, I was the same. I had me and my sister yeah. and now I've got two boys. So yeah. it's a different world. It is a different world for boys. <laughs> oh my I'm like, gosh. it's so different. Oh. Some of the stuff they come out with, I just, I say to my sister, we never spoke like that. Like, just some of the ridiculous jokes and... Oh, and there are, honestly, the amount of things I've had broken inside my house. Yeah. The balls. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. It, it, there's a football. It's been juggled around. <laughs> my poor indoor little garden that I've been cultivating. Yeah. Oh, it's got stems missing. I'm like, who's kicked a ball into my plants again? No, I don't it's yeah. been a dog. The fairies are <laughs> So, yeah, so it's good. And, look, you know, Trav's really good with helping as well. So I yeah. think if, if you're a partnership that the kids can see mum and dad working, yeah. so yeah. that helps with a lot of, you know, going back to that mum guilt. You know, when it's just that Trav is away a lot. When he's home, it makes a difference because he will cook a meal so the kids will be like dad's cooking meal and he yeah. steps up in those roles. So Yeah, that's so important, isn't it, those role models and... Yeah. Seeing it in action. Yeah. When you were talking before about um, when you when you had your baby, your first child, and you had this idea because of society condition us that we can have it all, we can do anything, whatever, and that then perhaps didn't turn out the way the expectation that you had. Where I'm leading to is, was there a identity shift for you because you've been, you know, basically a, an entrepreneur working, uh, I want to say full time, probably yeah. more than full time because your own business. And then you become a mother and that all stops. Even though you did want to be there at home with them, did you have that change in identity how you saw yourself and how Alethea had sort of changed or was being changed by becoming a mum? I don't know if I recognised it as being an identity shift because I wanted it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I loved what I was doing to an extent. I knew that that... Yeah, I, yeah, that's a really hard question for me because I know a lot of the women now really are aware of that going on with it. You know, there's so much talk about it. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas I don't really feel like I know, I certainly had times that were harder, especially between babies, yeah. and that were harder at times and that I struggled with. And I, I also moved to a town where I knew no one. Yeah. So I yeah. had two kids 19 months apart. Yeah, right. Where, you know, I was pregnant with Ariella, had Deegan who, who was, wasn't two, yeah. and with my support system gone. Mm, yeah. So there were certainly difficult times, but that sort of became my whole world, and I didn't really. I still organised girls' weekends and things. I did make a huge effort to keep in contact with my friends, and yeah. I was always the one organising events or trips away. So mm-hmm. I still did all of that, those yeah. things, yeah. Uh, but just probably not on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. I didn't re- at the time. I didn't want to. Yeah, I yeah. did have that. I didn't want to. I, I remember my husband organising a. 10-year trip to Queensland and Phoenix was like two and I'm like no I don't think I can go yeah but I I mean I did everyone was like he goes I've organized everyone you know mum's gonna be here and oh. you know your sisters and all of that but at the time that mm. I just didn't want to be away from that's just how I felt personally yeah that's how I felt really connected to my family in that way yeah yeah, because I was going to talk about like support because you you've come from a family where you're very close, all grown up, you know, your three girls together, mm. and then when you're in a completely different place with your own children, that would be really challenging. Like you said, you didn't have your family there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like uh, we lived in Phillip Island for three or four years, and. That was definitely my hardest time because mm-hmm. I didn't have and, – and my parents were amazing. They came over all the time yep. um, to support me then because they, they're very good like that. And um, But, yeah, I really – they were definitely hard times and they were a real struggle and it would have probably been great if – I I've certainly made friends and I made connections – but nothing's like your family. Mm, that's it, yeah. But that's how it is for me. Not everyone has it, so you've got to go out and make a real effort to make those connections. So, yeah, mm. we did all of that. Yeah. But I was just in a bubble. I yeah. was in a real bubble back then, I think. Yeah. And it just, yeah. Was there anything you were doing for yourself as like a creative outlet doing, you talked about your blogging, were you doing that back then? Was that no, I wasn't, but I did have another, that's when eBay was really big. Ah, so yeah. So I would be like, I was always doing something. Yeah. So I'd be like selling like kids' clothes and everything on eBay, like just having a secondhand store and yeah. doing stuff like that. Yeah. And it was really crazy, like some stuff you'd sell for more than, I probably had a little bit of the, children's shopping addiction anyway (laughs) (laughs) but you'd buy something i remember having like a wiggles jumper and from kmart and it sold for more on ebay than what i bought it for second hand yeah right it was crazy it was crazy but yeah so yeah i used to do that for kids to sleep yeah things to keep you occupied yeah i've always done something yeah Yeah. so there's never really been a time where i haven't been making some money somewhere yeah, well, that's good. It's just that little bit of motivation. Yeah, exactly. That's it, isn't it? And if you grow up with parents that are hardworking and show you the value, you know, 
how you earn your money by working hard, you know, it's it's instilled in you and, you know, you don't go do stuff, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it just is. It just is how you feel like it's hard to sit idly, mm. you know. Yep. And even now, I'm not – you can easily go down the social media rabbit hole mm-hmm. and I am on social media a lot for work. Yeah. You know, I have yep. to – all these reels and everything now that you've got to keep updated. I mean, yeah. you're definitely not a dancer. <laughs> you're never going to see me do that. But it does take up a lot of time. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really hard. That's another thing for women if they've got a family and they're running a business and then you've got to do social media. Mm. Talk to so many women that feel at breaking point because of all these extra things now that we have to do just to have a business I love creating tea. I don't even get to do all the tea blends that I've got in my head that I want to get out mm. because yeah. there's so many other aspects of running a business yeah. besides just being creative. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's yeah, that side of it and social media and everything else is really hard. Mm. Yeah, there's a, where's it saying that? Remind me of a post I saw about, um, as a follower of artists, painters, and they were saying something like, Become a painter so that you can spend half your time making reels for TikTok and Instagram. You know, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah. It's uh. so true. It's so, and you know, it it would be really hard even to be like a mum and have that downtime with social media and everything else. You can just go, oh wow, two hours are gone. Oh, there's yeah. so many distractions for us these days. It's hard to be focused. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I'm glad that I had my kids. I feel I really feel for the mums today mm. because yeah. it would be really hard to yeah. be able to have time for yourself, time for your family, time for your work, time for your partner. Mm. It's really yeah. hard. What do I feel for the people nowadays, like getting married these days or having any sort of event, like everything's got to be Insta-worthy, you know what I mean? Or everything's oh. got to look a certain way. I think, mm. God, back... When, when I get married, 2003 or something, like that, the, obviously that didn't exist, but you just did what you wanted to do and what you could afford or what, you know, yeah. whatever was trending at the time, if you, <laughs> if you cared about trends, you know what I mean? Like you just did whatever. But now it's like, you know, I've heard of particular people's stories where they've got ordered these chairs, um, like a white chair, and the bride's husband said to her, but no one will see it because they're sitting on them. She's like, that doesn't matter. We'll put in the photo. You know, like, yeah, just everyone's consumed by this, what things have got to look like. And, and I feel like with little babies, like everyone's got to have the best little clothes for the best photos. And I don't know. It's like I'm glad that I don't, I mean, I do care about things looking good, but I'm not yeah. consumed by that. Because I think if you were, you would have a difficult time you know, with comparison and judgment and, you know, oh, that sort of stuff? I think um, absolutely. It would be so hard to step away from the bubble yeah. and the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing yeah. is escalated tenfold yeah. because of social media and it's re- you've got to be a really strong mindset to be yeah. able to take a step back from that yeah. and just be who you need to be for yeah. you and your family. Be your authentic self and, mm. and try and ignore... And that's the thing, I, I um, feel sorry for mums. Um, and at, at any stage of life, I was going to say new mums, but, you know, it can be at any stage about people say, oh, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that and, you know, all these experts sort of putting in air quotes, you know, don't rock your baby to sleep and 
make sure you sleep with your baby. Like all this conflicting stuff is all over us from every angle. Yeah. And so how are you supposed to just get back to your own, like what's in your, your heart and your intuition to parent your child, you know? Yes, that's so true. And especially that intuition because I think we, if that gets blocked mm. somewhere along the line. Yeah. And I know with my first son who had colic, yeah. terrible. I don't think we slept for the first eight weeks. Oh, God. Um, it was just like I've heard the girls say that I just was like I was walking away, you know, asleep and I was awake. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I remember someone saying, just try mommy's tummy, you know, and oh. that was like a massive no-no. Mm-hmm. And I remember putting him on there and just sitting, watching him. Yeah. The whole time and then I think he moved and turned his head to the side so it was like okay I feel okay about that but yeah. the judgment and he stopped screaming after that like we just had screaming for eight weeks he stopped screaming and was able to sleep I was able to sleep but even in his pram he used to sleep on his belly mm-hmm. but the judgment I received from that yeah. was horrendous because yeah. he'd be like no you know and then I'd hear all the statistics and and, you know, it, it was not a fun time. Mm. But at the same time, I was his mum. Yeah. And I was yeah. making that call. And, and like you, know. you said, you'd sat there and watched him because it didn't feel right to you because, you know, everyone says, don't put mm. your baby on the belly to sleep, all these the SIDS rules or yes. recommendations. Um, and it's like you didn't just chuck him in there and leave him and off you went. Like, yeah, you know, like people down the street would be like, mm-hmm. but yes, they don't know the story. It was, it was story, you know? it wasn't people from our home like yeah. it wasn't my family or the support system I had it was yeah. it was people I didn't know yeah. you know um seeing him in his pram and things like that it was yeah. it was more of that and I, I always found that judgment it it taught me lesson anyway mm. you know not to just judge a book by its cover I guess he didn't come from a you know I didn't smoke he didn't come from a smoke filled room there was no mm. conditions with him so but it's just a real uh, yeah we really get a lot of judgment as um, women from other women Yes. It's actually from other women. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Moving yeah. forward, if we can just support each other mm. and not judge each other, we like, have a beautiful world. Like you were saying earlier about, you know, some mums stay at home, some mums go to work, some mums work from home, some mums work part-time, you know, like and not throwing judgment on each other because no. everyone's situation is so different and nobody knows what's going on in that family or, you know, in that home. No one knows. And but we're also quick to go. Oh, what's she doing at home? You know, like, yeah. It's oh, just yeah. This. She's always on social. Even the social media. Oh, she's always on social media. Well, if that makes her happy, then let her be on social media. You know, oh. you don't know. She might have done an hour of footage and she's just played with her kid the rest of the day. Yeah. Like we actually don't know, but everyone is so quick to judge mm-hmm. about what people need to sustain a healthy life for themselves. Yep. And I think that's where that stuff needs to take a step back. Mm. Yeah, We just need to be happy for someone because we don't know the full picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I love that.
having your children involved in your business, do you hope that they see you as, I don't want to say more than just mum, because like we're never yeah, just yeah. mum. No, I don't feel like just mum no. anymore. But, you know, they recognise that you, as this person who has a role of mothering in their life, also does other things and can do amazing other things. Yes, absolutely. And I think one of the reasons why, one of my thought processes was when I was starting this business is I guess for my children, I wanted them to know that you could raise a family and then you could still have a career. Like I said before, not everything at once, but there were stepping stones to life that you could have different achievements through. And definitely having a business and and showing them hard work uh, creates reward mm. too. I think a work ethic is very important. Like, you know, you can be the smartest kid in the room, but if you don't have work ethic or some passion along with it, it doesn't matter mm. because that's the driving force that drives you to greatness yep. is having a work ethic. You see, you know, you sports stars, the kids can be so talented, yeah. but if they don't want to put in the training, they're not going to be a superstar. Yep. So I wanted my kids also to see, you know, what comes out of hard work because mm. that's really a, a really important foundation and building block to having a better life mm. you know, because nothing comes easy. Yeah. Life is hard and it, it's there's going to be lots of stumbling blocks. So, yeah, that was part of it. And also if they helped me out, like we just went to Melbourne and did the Boho Lux mm. market over there, which was yeah. huge. And Ariella came and worked with three days and Trav was our little lackey <laughs> and he you know, built the stand and refilled and ran around and did all that sort of stuff for us. Yeah. But we literally didn't, by the time we got there in the morning to the afternoon, we didn't eat, we didn't have a break, we just talked to people the whole time. Yeah. So she understood what it takes and how much work you've got to put mm. in yep. to sell the product. And she also seen how passionate I was with talking about tea, yeah, you know, yeah. so that was a big thing as well. So yeah. I definitely think the, the kids don't resent what I'm doing mm -hmm. and that they also enjoy They don't necessarily want to take it on as their own. No one's going to, you know, take this business on as their own. No, I don't yeah. want that. I want for them to create their own businesses mm. and create their own life paths. Yeah, absolutely. With this awesome sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think what the word is. You know is. what? We actually should have had focus oh, tea. Bloody we hell. should have had focus tea. That was I was going to make it. <laughs> Our brains would have been on fire. Oh man. I often have a focus tea when I'm doing these <laughs> because I do that. I go, uh, what where's it gone? Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Yeah, uh, it's tea. it is that having that clarity. Mm -hmm. And you do get to afternoon and it's like yeah. something happens. Oh yeah. And you get tired. Yeah. And it's just like you just need that spark.
has being a mum influenced the way that you work or the way that you do business or the way you think about your business? Yeah, I mean, being a mum has changed so many thought process, processes, beliefs, you know, how I go about things and, and compassion. You know, one of the big, another thing that I wanted to create, coming back to my hometown, I knew that as I grew, so something like tea is a really great business that you can source out, so you create your blends and then you can get a co-manufacturer on who they then, you send all your blends to, they package, they do everything. But a really important aspect of my business I'm invested in is buying a tea machine because I want to be able to create jobs for females here in our local mums in particular that have school-aged children Mm -hmm. because I think that's the hardest hours to come by Yep, and not enough people show compassion around your children being sick, having school assemblies, sports days, Mm -hmm. all of that. So if if I'm able to, my aim will be to grow my business and be able to hire women that we have a and compassionate workforce mm-hmm. for yep. and along those lines where if there is a school assembly or you need to take sick days I get that I still run a business mm-hmm. but I want to be able to run one that work for women who also want to be there for their children mm-hmm. and that they don't have to make those hard choices yeah. between yeah. earning a dollar and being there for their kids yeah that's so, so admirable that's, that's if, awesome. if I'm able to do that so we've yeah. already started the investment by buying the tea machine mm-hmm. and then yeah so being able to grow I'm about to move into another space where I'll be able to do a bigger wholesale operation mm-hmm. and hopefully be able to keep manufacturing to our local area and yeah. you know like it obviously costs a lot more being regional yeah anything that gets sent here gets a Oh, so much hammered with postage and yeah, everything. But yeah. I think in business and at the age, I've been very fortunate. And if I can be able to create something for my community, then while running a business, yeah. so I sort of want to, wanted to have a charitable aspect to it, yeah. I guess, yeah. if, if it, you know, in that way that yeah. we're able to run it in that way. Well, that's so awesome. Mm. That is so good. That's my passion. Yeah. That's really yeah. what I want to create. It's hard work to try and to get there mm-hmm. but that's that is my motivation yeah. and aim for growing yeah but that underpins uh, your yeah your that support. is i would love to be able to run a business that's compassionate to women who are moms i just find so many women are torn by oh, i'm not able to go on your school excursion like, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the other influences from that is because when i've always been involved in the parents committee at schools mm-hmm. And when my kids were at school, you had to fight to go on, uh, you know, a school excursion. Yeah. There's so many mums. Whereas now, oh, there's yeah. no one. Yeah. There's no one That's to go it. on the school excursions. And it's mm. so cute to go with your kids. Like, even if you get to go on one. Yeah. But there's it's just awesome no one. Fun. And yeah. I really feel for all the mums that just aren't able to do it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. They're no, just not able awesome. to do it. Yeah. And so, yeah. And look, it's only going to be... You know, a couple of people that we might be able to help or whatever whatever it grows but, but to. But that's the thing too, it's 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 that mentality and then that that sort of run on effect of having that mentality, other businesses will see that and go, Oh, that's what we that's what people expect now. That this is what yes, you know, to get good people, um, this is what we have to give. You know? Absolutely. And I think if COVID has taught us anything, 
it is that we can still be productive and not work in a three by three office space. Mm. So yep. I can't see why people can't work unconventional hours if that happens or you know work around different times and enable people to still have a family life mm. there's really However, no that argument was... against that now is there like it's literally no. been proven now mm-hmm. that things can still happen yeah if not every single person goes into an office and you, you know. can get stuff done between 8 and three thirty. yeah 8 30 and three thirty. like yeah there 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 should be a way that women are able to have a bit of both worlds mm. Because a lot of women don't have the choice. They have to go to work. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's just too expensive for everything. So, yeah. So that that is part of my business plan. Yeah. It's in my business plan. Yeah. I love that. Cheers to that. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. I love that. I just love that mentality that it's like not just talking about stuff. You're actually doing something about it, you know, actually changing the system. Yeah, well, if we can, look, it wouldn't it be amazing if one business did it and then another business went, you know what, we can have two days a year, you can choose to go to a, your child's function. Mm. That you're allowed to take time off yep. to go to your go child's to your function. sports day or the yep. whatever, like take them to the show, which they're all going to go to soon, you know. Yeah. I got that form the other night and I looked at it and I'm like, oh. If you weren't going on a Wednesday, I'd be able to go. You know, yeah. just those little things. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's yeah. just it's just little things, and we can't like you know we can't do it all. Mm. But if it's yeah. one or two events yeah. a year, that's not a lot yeah. that we're at because some women never get to go to anything. Yeah. They just yeah. don't get to go to anything, and say you know they make up the hours by working through that lunch break one of the weeks, like whatever it is that yeah. works for a business. That flexibility. The flexibility to have the yeah. opportunity to ask. Mm. to have it written in there to have that yeah know. yeah just have it have it as a because that's the thing people are always too scared to ask because it's just someone will say no so you don't even bother asking yeah you know and it's hard to ask I mean, for it is yeah. things because you don't because you may value having time off to go to a school assembly because little johnny's getting an award mm. but you don't feel that anyone else values that but we wouldn't be surprised that a lot of people value that yeah that it is important and you should ask for that yeah yeah no that's really good i'm very impressed by that
It's probably cold now. Oh, it still tastes amazing. I like it cold. I mean, yeah. I like it iced Actually, in summer. Actually, I'm looking forward to trying it. In it's beautiful. That way like yeah. I put raspberries, mint mm. leaves, lime, the whole whatever fruit I've got going on, I put in there. Nice. Orange tastes beautiful with ah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I put blood orange on the weekend with it. Because it's just really refreshing. Yeah. Mm. I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Ice it up. It's just like you put it, if you do oh, one of your bags, ice it up, have yep. a liter in there for the week. Yep. And just use it whenever you want. Mm. There you go. Very refreshing. <laughs> Get your tips here. Yep. <laughs> I'd like you to tell us uh, what's coming up. For this amazing Ooh, what adventure. haven't we got coming up? <laughs> My brain is exploding because there are so many things coming up yep. that I'm just like, so we're so first, obviously we had a name change. Yep. So it went to Othella because there's so many different things coming in and I wanted a name that really um, recognised all those things. It also gives us the opportunity to branch out into different countries as well, um, having a name that is unique to us. Uh, so the big thing that will first be coming under the Othella umbrella, as I like to say, will be um, yeah, <laughs> the collagen tea, which mm-hmm. was being my baby from the start. This is something that I've been very passionate about. Uh, there's so many, there's, there are a lot of collagen, uh, collagen products out there, but there's not a lot of education around. So I just see collagen all the time and what they're telling people and what they're putting out there is is not always correct. Mm-hmm. So we're really hoping that we can educate along those lines, but it, it has been a long process because I want to make sure it's right mm. before I put out a product there. Yep. So the collagen tea will be coming out. And that will be available in the tea bags and the loose as well. So very excited. We've got all new packaging. So I've had to work on new packaging. I've got um, the lovely Kate Sutton who works me on all that. She's amazing. Like I couldn't do it without a group of women behind me helping me with this business. So yeah, yeah. that's been a really huge part of being able to move forward. We've got like I'm working on a Christmas blend, which I'm very Ooh. excited about, um, as well as a syrup that is used to make mocktails or cocktails, whatever you'd like. So we tried it last year and I'm just refining that. So that will hopefully come out in the summertime. Mm -hmm. I'm also moving to a subscription-based business because I really want to reward people that buy on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. so that they get an ongoing discount. So, and I really want to create, like we do do a newsletter, but I want to make it more interactive as well. Mm -hmm. So really create that exclusive little community where we bring on collaborators, naturopaths, wellness, holistic coaches, Mm -hmm. and people that you can get information without having to buy a whole package to get it or do a masterclass or anything like that. Like Mm -hmm. you're getting that information where you need it in our little community. So education and information is super important with what we're putting in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all that information around plant-based and everything like that. So getting back to the subscription, I know we get sidetracked all the time, don't we? (laughs) Um, So that we'll have quite a few of our – I've got 14 blends now, so there's quite a few, and there's more being released all the time. Mm. So that's something that I want to keep going as, you know, some might be more popular than others and things like that, but I always want to bring something new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got the purity and, and things like that. They're really different and ancient-based Chinese teas and things like that. So yeah. you're always going to get something that's 
you won't find in the supermarket. Mm. You know, from me, you're always going to get a different tea or a different combination. So, yeah. hopefully, this Christmas tea comes together. I'm very excited about it. Again, it's going to be able to be iced and everything like that. We'll have our subscription base, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, there's a few. We're going to have a whole new website change oh, cool. and photo shoots and everything. I'm really oh, excited. So, story. there's so many <laughs> things coming. I just don't know how to fit them all in. Yeah, that is my amazing. biggest thing. Is I just it's trying to fit everything in that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got to tailor my ideas back. So I'm like, oh, let's do the, oh, let's do that. And it's just like, okay, stop, Olivia. Let's just pick one thing and do it. Yeah. It's very difficult for me. Oh, yeah. So I'm hitting all the trade shows next year as well. Yeah. I'm hoping to do one in Singapore. Oh, cool. So there's a lot, a lot on the to-do list. Yeah. Whether it all happens, <laughs> it's on my list. Good on you. So, Love it. So what's the website so people know where to go? So if you go to www.leelatico.com.au, we are still under the Leela Tico banner. So Leela Tico still has its own Instagram and everything. We've got, it's, they're basically sister companies. I'm all about sisters, you know, love my little sisterhood. You know, my, I've got my sisters and friends and family and yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, really important to me. So that's why I created the sister companies. So because we do wholesale around Australia, people will just still be able to wholesale the Leela Tico. And because the other thing, the big thing about that was I still had a lot of packaging mm-hmm. because I got new packaging for Leela Tico and then just had this brain bus thing that went, I have to change my name. Yeah. So, and sustainability is really important. So that's why we've Mm-hmm. still kept Leela Tico as a wholesale branch. So when the website changes, it will be all Othella. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what name you type in, whether it's Othella with an A or Leela Tico, it'll direct you to the same site. Yeah, cool. So it's all streamlined, but eventually Othella will be yep. the number one is what you'll be seeing everywhere. Fantastic. And I'll put the links to the to all the things you've mentioned in the show notes so people can Thank you. click away. so much for having me here today it's been such a pleasure chatting with you it's been lovely it's an honor for you to ask me to have a conversation and i thank you (laughs) thank you for making your beautiful teas (laughs) thanks for your company today if you've enjoyed this episode i'd love you to consider leaving us a review following or subscribing to the podcast or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.